Welcome to Shifting Sprouts with your host Ben and Janika. We're a family of four moving from the prairies to the ocean during a pandemic. We'll be documenting our journey, having a laugh amongst the WTF moments, and discussing topics surrounding moving overseas in today's age. Whether you're moving for love, work, family, or purpose, we hope that you can take a nugget away for your own journey. Here we go. So our deal with Australians is that when vaccination rates hit 70 and 80%, we do begin to open up. Australia opens up. Australians can leave and return. Australians who are overseas and are vaccinated can come home. The easiest pathway for returning Australians will be for those vaccinated with vaccines that are recognised here in Australia under our Therapeutic Goods Administration rules. And as part of that opening up, we want to have home quarantine as the primary and viable uh, method for quarantine and the widespread option for people who are travelling or living overseas and wishing to return to Australia. Well, there you have it. Scott Morrison, Australia's uh, Prime Minister, confirming that they are going to open up once they hit 70 or 80% vaccination, which is fantastic news for us and all of you waiting to get home to Australia. Uh, I am Ben. I'm here with my wife, Janika. Hello, how's it going? So today we uh, we got a action-packed cast for you today. Um, our plans have changed, of course. Um, the world is still kind of crazy, obviously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we got lots to go through today. Yeah, so we saw, I guess the first time that I saw that video, so if you haven't seen that video, basically Scott Morrison did a special little video for the expats. Um, I saw it first on the on the embassy, the Australian embassy in Canada posted it on their Facebook page. That's how I got a glimpse of it first and I saw it and my heart just dropped. I was like, oh no, what is it now? Like expecting him to be like, okay, that's it now, folks. <laughs> Completely shutting down the borders and no one's coming in at all. But no, so that was some good news. Um And, you know, like I've seen online, I think the frustration is just felt by so many of us and it's so hard to believe anything that comes out of their mouths because so much of it's changed. And I know that we've been told this before, right? Like before we had the exact number of, okay, this many percentage of people vaccinated, we're going to open up. It used to be for Christmas 2020, we will see you all again. And that came and went. And now they're promising again by that second dose hitting 80%, which we'll go through the numbers in a little bit. Um, yeah, 70 or 80%. Yeah, so which I, even that's yeah. weird. Why is it? A, a, why isn't it a hard number? Yeah, I'm not really sure. In those two days, like if you go on the their Gov website, they are, I believe, you know, if it hits 70%, they're they're about 13 days apart. Yes. Um, right now, but between 70 and 80%. So I'm not sure if there's going to be a. Maybe we're kind of opening up at 70 and then fully open at 80. They they haven't been clear at all, which, you know, typical politicians, they don't want to say anything they have to uh, actually stick to, apparently. Um, but I guess we should just summarize some of the takeaway points from, from the speech if you guys, you know, haven't seen it. Um, first of all, he does say, you know, thanks to, you know, the expats and you Australians trying to get home. Um you know, according to their numbers, you know, that saved 30,000 lives um, by not having, you know, COVID run rampant through through Australia in the meantime. Um, yeah. And, I and you know, I'm, I'm not going to d- 
dispute that I'm, I'm assuming they're, they're probably correct. You know, here in Canada, we've definitely been hit hard and lots of people have been impacted and it's a very real scary thing. Um, so I, you know, I, I applaud that we were, you know, Australia was able to contain it as much as they did. Um, I don't think that's really the point here. They're forgetting that they forgot the other half of the equation of how are we going to live with this, right? It's like a hundred thousand of us plus that are stranded and homeless. And yeah, like there's, yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and like Australia obviously was the, uh, you know, even here we're like, damn, it's so much better over there right now. Um, you know, while, while we're in Canada, you know, COVID was just running through, you know, our community, especially. And, uh, you know, we're seeing you guys partying over there, going to rugby games and sorry, football games and having a blast or whatever. But while we're, you know, locked inside. So we, we were very, you know, jealous and, you know, looking at you admirably, but, um, you know, I think, well, everyone thinks they, they forgot about the whole vaccination part of uh, getting out of COVID. Yeah, I, don't, I cannot think that we can deny that there was a complete halt on that front in terms of how important it was to secure those vaccines and get them distributed and then also have correct communication channels to in, encourage people and educate people with facts. And we could go on about that until we're blue in the face, but essentially yeah like there was lives that were saved and then I think there's also been lives that have been greatly affected and even in his speech he speaks about there's moments in life that you just cannot get back you know like people missed births people missed their grandchildren people missed deaths that's really hard to say people missed deaths and you know like I just cannot imagine being in that in that situation of trying to get back and missing that it would have just been awful so my heart goes out to those people and I don't think that he really addressed that I mean he he pointed it out but the depth of pain that people have felt from being locked out or locked in is also worth noting as having an effect and I know that they're doing studies and looking into the effect on children and just the mental health of Australians abroad and in the country is going to be interesting to see the fallout of. Yeah, definitely. And they, uh, you know, that, all that stuff is just starting to come to light here as well. But um, I, I feel like with the length of the lockdown set, you know, especially Sydney and Melbourne have, have gone through, um, it's even more isolation than, than we had to go through. We at least had a little bit of a, an escape, but I don't think... I don't think it's ever been as bad as it's been in, in Sydney and, and, uh, and Melbourne. So um, to kind of carry on with what else ScoMo had said there, um, you know, obviously the clip we had said, uh, if we stick to the plan, we're going to go ahead and open it up and get everyone home, which is great. Um, he said, this is not something you put off, which kind of made us chuckle because that's, you know, pretty contradictory to his previous, it's not a race. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is a race. Clearly, it's a race. Yeah. Um, and then the other interesting part was they want to have home quarantine as a primary mode of quarantine, which is exciting. Yeah, that's huge. Silver lining, potentially. Yes. Yeah, that is absolutely huge. And again, wanting to talk about, I'm curious how they're going to enforce that. I know in his speech, he also said, if you, you know, you, your home here is always your home or you're no, you'll always be open to, to you or something. It's always ridiculous. open to you, your home. Except for right now. Except for now. <laughs> except for when you need it. But like, does 
he mean the physical home that you're going to live in? Because a lot of expats returning don't have a physical address that they own or they live in or they have access to. And what if you had to go home and quarantine and live with mum or dad or your sister or brother? Like, yeah, um, it's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, I'm just curious how they're going to police that. And, you know, does mum, dad, brother, sister continue going to work and living their life as normal? Or do they choose, perhaps they're going to elect to quarantine with you once they pick you up from the airport. And then that affects their lives and their jobs. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure how that's, uh, how they're going to police that or how that's going to be any, any more safe. Clearly it won't be that they're just really hoping the vaccination, you know, vaccinations make up for, uh, you know, the, the added threat of having more, more infected people kind of rocking around in the world. Yeah. Um, so he did mention those numbers, you know, 70 to 80% will begin to open up. So maybe we'll just dive in and just touch on what those vaccination rates are at, at the moment as of today. Yeah. So this is, we're recording this on the 16th of September, um, in Australia, well, we're in Canada, but so in Canada it's the fifteenth, but in Australia it's the sixteenth. You guys are we're day ahead future. of. Yeah. Um, so New South Wales right now they're at forty eight point five three percent for the second dose, so nearly halfway to uh, being fully vaccinated, um, and they plan to hit that seventy percent of fully dosed on October twelfth, and then reach eighty percent on October twenty fourth. Um, the good news is, is that uh, in New South Wales, already 80% of people have gotten their first dose. So I'm not too sure how many people will be getting the first dose without the intention of carrying on and getting the second. That doesn't seem very logical to me. So that's that's really encouraging because here even in, in Alberta, I checked today and we haven't actually ever hit 80% no, for first dose. I so, didn't think we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> Good on you, Australians. You're uh, you're doing better than we have. We've had a- access to this vaccine for for a long time, so that's yeah. wicked. Um, although we live in Alberta, and it's kind of the the redneck part of it's Canada. So part of Canada for sure. Or, or, yeah, bogan as you guys would call yeah. it. So no, <laughs> absolutely bogan. Yeah. Yeah. So um, no, that's really encouraging. Um, you know, we're going into Queensland is our air end destination and they're, they're lagging quite a bit, unfortunately. So their first dose are at 57.3 and their second dose percentage are at 39.35 and their numbers for being at 70% are at, on November 16th and then December 5th. So quite a ways behind. Yep. Yeah. It's looking like it'll be a little lagged in that direction, but also the good news with Gladys being, you know, the one in charge of New South Wales at the moment, she said as well, like she coincided with Scott Morrison that she would be looking to open up those international borders once she hit the number and gave the same number. So that's that's nice to know, especially because we are set to be flying into New South Wales. Yeah, we're gonna fly into Sydney first, which is the advice from our from our travel agent because historically they've they've allowed the most amount of expats or yeah. to return um, through New South Wales. So we just had a better chance of actually getting on that flight. Speaking of which, yeah, let's let's dive into <laughs> our current situation, which is a shit show. <laughs> yep. Okay, so. We are officially cancelled. We got cancelled. Our flight seats that we had on there, we had two seats, one for Ben, one for myself, and then our two children on our lap. Officially got the dreaded call that it seems that everybody's getting at the moment where, yeah, it was like, no, sorry, your flight's been 
cancelled or your seats on that flight have been cancelled. The flight's still going ahead with the certain amount of numbers that they were allowed to take, which is going to be less than 15. Um, And unfortunately, yeah, we didn't make the cut. So we've been told that the next available flight for us would be February the 2nd, 2022. (laughs) Yeah, which is pretty darn scary. So um, just so everyone's kind of has the same information um, right now in Sydney, they're only allowing 750 people to fly into Sydney from all over the world. That's that's all they're taking in. Um, so from North America, right now, it seems like pretty much the only way you can get from Western Canada is through United Airlines, and they're only flying in 15 people per day. Yeah. Uh, the, and they're leaving from LA and I believe it's San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. So that, you know, sometimes the LA flight might have four people on it and the San Fran will have 11. It might be, you know, 13 and two or whatever. It's it's not exactly even. They're doing it for, um, you know, who's pretty much who's paying the most. The only way United's even able to do this without operating at a massive loss is apparently they're flying a lot of cargo as well. So they're saying that they will continue on flying these flights with you know less than 10 people on them uh until things open up which is a good thing for those people who were able to get on them i guess um but we've heard that they've they've shuffled everyone until the end of october at this point so um for that particular airline for, for that other particular airlines airline, they've yeah. just canceled it straight up like yeah yeah so all those anyone who's you know potentially booked with Qantas or uh, Singapore Airlines, Singapore, Fiji Air, Air Canada, all those flights, they, all those carriers, they, they are selling, they'll sell you a ticket, but when the time comes, you're not getting on that plane because they don't have any, they're not even allowed to bring people into Australia right now. So it it's, seems pretty, well, it is super shady, but uh, they're, what they'll say to you is that, you know, we were hoping the Australian government would have opened up by now which, um, you know, it's ridiculous. They they yeah. don't have a chance in hell of, of getting you on that flight, so why would they sell it? No, and I think it's like, it's such a tough one because I can understand these, these airlines of businesses and they still need to remain the ability to be able to pay their staff and fly these routes. And, like, I imagine that they're probably putting immense pressure on the Australian government because... They're doing flights that even our own carrier is not doing. Qantas isn't even willing to do those bits. So mm. they're doing the heavy lifting for the citizens. And for what? You know, it's not their citizens. Like, what do they get out of it? No, it's pretty shocking when Qantas stops doing anything. I, I saw today that they they got, well, in 2021, they'll be on track to get over $2 billion of government aid through job JobKeeper, I believe is what you guys have. Um and uh, they are, they're not helping Australians get home too much other than the repatriation flights, which you still have to pay for. So I'm not really sure how much Qantas is bucking in to, uh, to get you guys get home, home, even yeah. though they're taking you know, all your tax dollars. But anyway. Yeah, so we got cancelled and that was really tough on us. Like I think we were in a state of shock for a day or two and we kind of let our friends and family know. And like I said in the previous episode, we are so lucky that we have friends and family that would go so many miles for us and we've been getting offers and whatnot but I like I had mentioned where we sold our house we sold our car we stopped our jobs we're 
living out of our suitcases with these two little babies and trying to make it work. And where we live, if you've never been to Alberta and Canada, it gets really effing cold. Like, and I'm the Aussie, so I'm worried about this. I'm like, it's going to be minus 35 at Christmas I and, and January or minus 40 even sometimes Celsius. So I'm like, I had planned that we were going to be back in Australia. We sold all of our winter coats, yeah. all of our snow pants. Gave away our boots all and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, thank God I gave one of my coats to my sister-in-law so I can get it back off her. Shay, if you're listening, I might need that red coat back. But yeah, I just cannot believe it. So there's that time crunch of, you know, we've got the the weather is changing. We need to find a space to live. We need to find a spot to secure our family. And then also taking into account that news that potentially New South Wales is going to open up some of those numbers again. We're just living in constant, we have no idea what we're doing. Like we said today, do we plan a a trip to see somewhere in Canada that we haven't seen before? Because we're just going to have to sit here and wait until we get word that we can go home. Yeah. Like we said, our flights are booked for November or February 2nd. Um, Our travel agent is optimistic we can get on a flight you know at the beginning of november um it's just it's hard to say because you know gladys is saying 70 80 percent i'm not sure she controls how many people are allowed into the country though scomo didn't say 70 80 percent in new south wales you yeah. said as a country as a so country. there's a there's a bit of a, a disconnect there so it'll be interesting how it shakes out um but like janique's saying we're in a bit of bit of a tight spot because there's potential we're on a flight in six weeks and there's a potential we're not getting on a flight for another you know four or five months so do we start settling in here and waiting but how far down that hole do we want to go into getting settled in when we may need to be able to pick up and leave right away again days notice yeah and like my my previous work it's not exactly something i can get back into and start you know making money again you know tomorrow i I wasn't paid hourly so it's a it's an interesting spot where you know grand scheme we're okay totally um it's just more uh you know how we how are we going to navigate this yeah and our uh travel agent mentioned when he gave us a call to let us know the bad news he's like i've also been on the phone advocating for you guys for an hour and a half and we're like oh over what we've been cancelled like let's get those next tickets pretty quick and he's like well your daughter is going to be turning two in November. So originally she was placed on our lap as a free infant seat. But now if we're flying in February, she'll be over two and we'll be needing to buy a ticket for her. And the ticket prices right now, I don't know if you guys have seen, but it's like from LA, 6000 to $8,000 economy one way and then 22000 upwards for business class one way. And it's just beyond me. And so he, he had said I was, you know, chatting to the right channels and trying to put your case forward because how unfair that, you know, you'd, you'd have to pay for an additional seat. It's not your fault that you can't fly at the time that you were going to fly. But then I completely understand the airline's point of view too, where it's like, well, they can't have a two-year-old sitting on a lap for safety reasons, right? That the two-year-old's going to need a seat. And yeah. that counts towards someone else's seat. And the cap rates. And the cap rates. So, yeah, it's just like a thing on top of thing on top of thing. And 
trying to wade through the waters and we're in a really fortunate spot where, you know, we, we had some money set aside and we did have a bit of a buffer just in case. And we have family and incredible friends here that can let us sleep in their spare rooms and, and set up shop. But yeah, it's just been, it's been really tricky mentally. And I'm not even, you know, Ben and I aren't even in a rush to get back for a specific reason, you know, knock on wood. Thank gosh. We're not mm-hmm. trying to get back to see someone or attend something um, like so many other people are that just got told no, too bad, bad luck. You, you're not part of the six people that get to fly on that day. And we even asked the airline, I don't know, the rep, I guess you'd call them when we called that number that we mentioned last episode. And she was saying she doesn't even know what the, what the method is to cancel these people. Like it's just... They say it's at random, but essentially it'd be whoever's been paying the most for the tickets. Yeah, no, she didn't say it was random. She said she figures it was who's paying the highest fare, so who's paying the most for them. But there was, I think they have to let in a couple economy people maybe. Well, our travel agent said that he, out of like the, how many people has he flown home? Well, yeah. Thousands? Well, no, over since he's had to cancel um, as of whatever Tuesday or whatever we were talking to him Wednesday, he said over 300 people he's had to cancel and uh, only six people have made it through uh, in economy economy, and they paid like economy Y class or something like that, which was an extra, they were over $6,000 for the tickets, which is same, 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 same. Yeah, exactly. So uh, pretty much if you paid more, you you get on the plane, which again, fair enough. Yeah. We, we, we get that, but um doesn't doesn't help the most of us yeah. out at all so um yeah our travel agent he was obviously exhausted um you know he's he's having to cancel all these people and they just had to go through like say everyone until august or october 31st so um tons of difficult conversations um he's been worth his weight in gold to us like really looking out for us and and advising us and we um we're super happy we've been connected. So if you are thinking of going home, please, please, please don't think of trying to navigate this yourself. Um, we would not, even though we got canceled, not his fault, not anyone's fault other than the government. Um, you, you just won't be able to do it by yourself. There's, there's things are moving too quick and you need to have someone out there advocating for you and, and keeping you informed as to what to expect. Yeah. And they've got the contacts too. Like- yeah. They yeah. know the people. They speak to them every day about multiple different clients. Like yeah, and 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 real world, you know, knowledge of what's happening to their clients every day when they're going over there. So, um, yeah, make sure that you you reach out, and we can, you know, we'd be more than happy to uh, to give you a referral or recommendation if you if you get in touch. Um, yeah, so. I've been bonding with strangers over the internet this week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I have got friends all over the world now because. I've just been interacting with people, you know, we were keeping each other up to date on what's happening. Have you been canceled? No, I'm on this date. I'm on the 20th. I'm on the 23rd. And yeah, like ended up making a couple new friends. So there you go. It's just mind boggling to me. And then in the same breath, you know, I've got my best friends back at home. So excited for us to come and then telling them all, you know, guys, we, we got canceled and they were outraged, obviously, because it affects them because they love us. But I was like, in the grand scheme, scheme of things, guys, we are just a tiny little dot in the sea of people. And there's so many emotions and 
and not just sadness, but anger between people and confusion and anxiety, depression. Yeah. Well, it's just shocking to me. Like you guys, you know, you're an international like community, like everyone in Australia, or most people in Australia, they love to travel. Um, you, you meet you guys everywhere. And yet it, it seems like for a country that has their citizens everywhere, there, there's been absolutely no talk of the difficulties in the media to get home. Like, we're talking to your friends and they have no clue. They have no idea. And, no and my friends work in media. Like, yeah. they, they, they are up to date with the news happening in Australia and really passionate about what's going on. So how do you not know that it's literally next to impossible to get back into the country right now? Well, one of my friends was like, well, um, why don't you buy a ticket the next week? Or, or, or can, we'll, we'll see you in November then. Just... Or, and I'm like, what? You know, have you not been seeing this? Like, there's no way for me to get home. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking. Um, so anyway, on, on that note, um, yeah, I guess we can. I don't, do you want to talk about the airlines? Yeah, sure there, no? well, we've kind of covered a little bit of that, but just diving further into, you know, I just had this feeling of when we got cancelled. I didn't even blame the airline. I don't think I had a single piece of me that was mad at united honestly i was just like can can we blame them really like they could only take x amount of people they're a business at the end of the day they're not an australian business no i don't blame united airlines and i don't blame any airlines that are you know pulling their flights pulling their flights out it, it, the government hasn't been giving them any type of reassurance that it's worth it for them to schedule these flights or or even um you know put any effort at all into trying to get people over because they they can't allow them into the country so it's uh yeah it's just it's sticky so make sure if you are trying to book a flight talk to an agent and they will know the airlines that are actually flying into uh into australia right now yeah and i mean like there's airlines that are threatening to pull out of flying to australia altogether well singapore is is one of them yeah they're they're done so far so um yeah anyways so do you want to do WTF moments? Yeah, yeah, sure. Do you want to go first? I went first last time. Uh, you go first. Okay. So my WTF moment this week. Um, this one, I just kind of, like I said, I've been making friends all over the internet. Hi, internet friends. And basically this one person had shared that they were on a plane in Europe. So they didn't share where they were in Europe, but they did say that they were flying from one European country to another so not too far and basically they said this scene very nearly brought me to tears as I sat here yesterday on this plane it sounds kind of silly but this packed flight from one European country to another is my first glance at normality in a post-covid world everyone on here is vaccinated or tested and going about their business yes masks are here and there's no lockdowns, there's no mandatory expensive 14-day quarantine, and there's no ban on citizens or groveling to the government for permission for the privilege of seeing a dying loved one or partner. There's no risk of being forced into isolation when you're vaccinated. There's no being locked out of your own country, no 5-kilometre or 10-kilometre radius crap, <laughs> no constant hurdles preventing basic freedoms that Australians have not had for 18 months and counting. And they basically just said, this is living with COVID. This is how you do it. And I just like, 
it's just so true. You know, they had so many points that they hit on the nail there where it's like there's other countries doing this and all these people are either vaccinated or tested. They're wearing, you know, the right masks during in the airport. Like I know even when we were flying, when I had to fly to Vancouver the other week for the kids' passports, everybody in the airport is wearing their mask and doing the right thing. And I just feel like surely there was a different route that we could have taken as a country. Yeah, very true. And you, there, there definitely was and is. But uh, now, you know, with the vaccination being the, the target and the goal, that they're they're not going to let up until until you reach then. Um, even here, though, like I mean, we are sixty seven percent fully vaccinated, and just today we are heading back into another form of restrictions um, in terms of how many people we have in households and everything like that. So. Um, it's funny, like you and I, when we're talking about leaving to go to Australia and this, you know, we started this conversation in, well, it's been a while, but to truly pick up a move would have been in, you know, early spring, end of winter kind of thing. And, uh, Australia is looking really good and we're like, damn, it'll be just our luck. We'll go back there and we'll be heading right back into the same BS that we're, we're coming out of in Canada. And, uh, it definitely seems like we're heading you know, right into another, another COVID lockdown and all that kind of issues. So uh, shitty timing, but. Yeah, I think so. It's just the unknown. I'm like, when is this going to end? I've been seeing those memes of, I don't know if you guys have seen the Met Gala and Kim Kardashian's outfit and there's those memes. I'll, I'll share one on the Instagram page, but there's like my 2020 one plans and then it's like the delta variant <laughs> that's kind of how i feel it's like oh for crying out loud when is this gonna end yeah it's still it's still going um my wtf moment was i actually kind of talked about Qantas, got ahead of myself but i got another one here um it was when i did see that singapore air was pulling out of out of australia and uh it was right after we had the conversation with our travel agent where he was like Things are going to go ahead. Everything's going to be fine. You guys are going to be able to hop on a plane in November. And then I just see this massive airline pulling out saying, we're not going to go anymore for the rest of 2021. Um, and it was like, oh shit. It was like, I, you know, we, we are about, I would say we are more than your average, more educated than your average person on, you know, what's happening over there and what it takes to get over there. And uh, when you see something like that, like such conflicting information um meanwhile air canada is starting to fly again in or saying they're selling flights as of december i believe it was 18th 16th or 18th okay and uh you know again it's you know one airline going one way another going the other so it's hard to know you know what to believe and where to where to put your faith i guess yeah like my mom <laughs> my mom when we told her the devastating news like hey we're cancelled and they're saying not till feb she went away and then she come back. She's like, okay, well, you know, maybe I can fly to you guys. I see Qantas is selling tickets to Canada in, yeah. in December. And I'm like, do not book those freaking flights, mom. And then even today I saw Hawaiian Airlines is announcing a return to Australia in December. And like all my friends were commenting on the post being like, oh yeah, like can't wait. We need this holiday. And it's like, holy crap, guys, do not book those tickets. Who knows if you'll even be allowed to come back in. <laughs> yeah. You'll be stuck in Hawaii, which I mean, beautiful. But yeah, like 
well, have you like how have you not been paying attention to what's going on? They can pull the rug out from under you in a second. Yeah, and you guys have been brutal for that, even like state to state, being like, okay, tomorrow you uh you can't leave the state. It's yeah, like uh, back. I'm on holiday. I, like this is a plane ways away for me to get home. Like it doesn't just work like that. So they will leave you high and dry <laughs> in a yeah. different country. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. My mom didn't buy those tickets, although she was getting pretty desperate. But I convinced her that she did not want to be in Canada, where we live, in January, February. I told her, it's like, it's going to be minus 40 degrees. You could barely do it when it was minus 18. Did she even make it to minus 18? Um, you know what? I think it was like a one one day thing for her with that really cold snap that we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, November. It yeah. was when our daughter was born, remember? Yeah. It was fair, snowing yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. But it didn't It didn't get that cold. She has no idea that winter is coming. Well, fingers crossed. She never has to experience it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. So, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll keep you updated as much as we can on what's going on and just being a source for each other. I know there's not a lot of people talking about this and the media is not reporting on it at the moment. Um, it's not a real focus. So we just want to create a spot where all the expats and people trying to get back to Australia who have been cancelled or told no feel like they can come and have a community of people who are experiencing the same as you for better or worse. So yeah, thanks for tuning in today, guys, and we'll chat soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.